9-11 on a Tuesday. Yesterday I paid tribute to my friend, my LinkedIn contact, who saved my life. Basically, he made me see that life isn't all bad. You know, I was... What's the word I want to I say to you? Let's just say my birthday of 2020... Again, and nothing to do with the fact that we were in lockdown in this. That's not the reason why I felt the way I did. Number one, when you think of the word birthday, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? You know what a birthday is? What's the definition of a birthday? Celebrating the day you were born. That's what a birthday is. But see, some people take that to an extreme because... You think to yourself, well, when I was growing up, when I was growing up, I had, I don't remember a time in my life of ever having a, a real birthday, um, any type of celebration. You know how people go, surprise, you know, sometimes parents go all out for their children with birthdays. They could be elaborate, extravagant, extreme. We never had that. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's, well, for my situation, because my parents weren't rich. We were humble. But that's not to say that they didn't make my birthday special. Both my mother and father did make my birthday special in their own way. And I don't resent it. I don't resent them. But I think to myself when I was growing up, I never was invited to a birthday party for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because I was shy, although I don't think that's the reason. Maybe because I didn't really have any close friends. The only friends I had growing up, I will admit it to you, that's why I'm leaning towards international. See, I have had good rapport with people overseas. And you're asking me why. For years I worked in international logistics. You know, companies where you deal mostly with international suppliers and vendors. And you think to yourself, you know what? That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Why? Well, because number one, number one, um, I had good rapport with them. I understood the time difference. Not a lot of people understand the time difference when it comes to international, especially customer service or, or some of the salespeople. Nobody understands. It's like, well, why didn't I get the shipment? Or, 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 or if there was a, they used to deal with customs and they said, well, why, why can't I get that particular document? Well, because I just sent the email to overseas and there's a time difference. Now think about it. If you're leaving at five o'clock, if you're leaving at five o'clock, um, in the afternoon or in the evening to go home, they're just waking up and starting their day. So they should be able to see the email, accommodate your request. When you come in the next morning, you should have whatever it is that you requested right there, and then you can send it over. So I had a lot of, growing up, I had a lot of um, international global friends, but they didn't really stay very long in the country. It was like here and there. And that's why I have a better rapport with international overseas than I do here in America. When you ask me, who's your friend here in America? I don't have any friends here. And they're like, get out of here. They said a beautiful young woman like yourself, 
I don't have friends here. I've never had, quote, a best friend. In the past, if I had a friend, and it was a female friend, that's why I stay away from females, my experiences with her were not pleasant. She would always make excuses when it came to, let's get together for lunch. I would make that suggestion to her. She'd come up with an excuse every time. I'm like, you know, I, I don't understand. You know, And then there were times when I think, well, and she was depressed. I listened to her and would offer her advice or suggestion. When it was my turn, she wasn't there for me. I used to say to myself, why is that? Now I think, maybe I'm projecting this. Again, mean females didn't see eye to eye. And I thought to myself, this is the last time, the very last time I become friends with a female. Now you're going to say to me, but now you have something against females. I do. Females are bad influences on other females. All the times that I was feeling depressed, all the times that I was feeling unsure of what my place was in this world, not one female came to me and said, oh, I really understand how you're feeling. You know where I got that support from? Males. And then the females would say to me, why are you always around males? They got the wrong idea. I said, if you can understand, understand. I lost my father when I was 21. Now, you're going to say to me, but you had him when you were a little girl. You don't understand. Father-daughter bond is a strong bond when it's broken by an illness and death. That's it. It's broken. Yes, I might have had him when I was a little girl. And yes, I might have had him when I was a teenager and into my early, early 20s. But I needed him. I could not deal with life without my father. For three years, I denied his death. Again, when you, when you lose someone in your life, especially your parents, you do lose your sense of identity temporarily. In other words, you were once someone's daughter. You were once someone's son. You're no longer. You don't have parents. Your parents are gone. But you never forget the things that they taught you. You never forget the things that they, they, they taught you about life. My parents were the best teachers when it came to life. I had a better quality education from them, from them than I did in the school. In school, I didn't really learn anything. What can you apply? The subjects that you are taught in school, what can you use in school to apply to the real world? Tell me. I want to know. I want to know, but I feel like females didn't understand, all right? They made assumptions with me. You're always hanging around males, why? Well, let me ask you this question, and I kept saying it. Is your father alive? They're like, what, what is that? Is your father alive? Yes or no? Simple question. And they're just like, yes. Well, mine isn't. I miss having a male around. I miss the male presence, okay? Me and my father had a strong bond. That bond was broken when he died from cancer, okay? Do I resent him for, for dying? No. Do I blame the cancer? No. You know who I blame? The doctors. The doctors knew that the cancer was far gone, didn't tell anybody in the family, 
And I thought I had all this time in this world to spend with my father. He passed away two months after my birthday. He made my birthday because I knew he was sick at that time. Special. When I talk to you about birthdays, it's a painful time in my life with him and with my mother. With him, all our birthdays were special. He made them special for me. He made them special. He never once... And at the time that he was sick, and I knew he wasn't feeling well, I felt guilty for celebrating. He goes, no, no. He said to me, you're my daughter, I love you. It's your 21st birthday. We're gonna celebrate it, period. I said, but dad, no, no. I'll be fine. It was a two hour journey going down. We went to the casino, two hour journey. That's tiring to be in the car for two hours. He didn't mind, but he was so different. I looked over at him. I sat in the back seat next to him and I looked at him and he was so different. He wasn't the strong father that I remembered. It was a father who was ravaged by a disease that was slowly killing him. Every part of him was being ravaged by cancer. And you think to yourself, wow. When I remembered him, he was a strong presence in my life. He was strong. And I thought to myself, my God, what happened? He went from being a man that I revered, a man that I really truly loved, to this shell of a man. Not saying I didn't love him, but the cancer changed his whole personality, his whole view on life. He was looking to escape. I didn't realize that there was pain. And you know, again, cancer is painful. I will tell you that. And I went through it, but it was a different type of pain. His cancer was far gone. What bothered me was, again, the doctors held that back. He went through two treatments, two treatments only. That's the only thing that his body could take. And he said, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I, I am ready to go. And I remember <laughs> one instant, we were outside in the back, sitting outside in the garden, just looking far off into the distance. He sang a song that was very haunting. It was in Greek. So, but, but I kind of understood what he was singing. It was like he just wanted to be taken out of this world because the cancer was too much for him. It was ravaging every part of his body. It spread quickly all the way up to his brain. That's why I think his mental capacity, his process, mental process was fried from the cancer. Now I thought to myself, wow. I tried to convince him, I said, dad, I can't live without you. He goes, yes, you can. You have to. Now, this is, this is what he had said to me, but it didn't stick right away because my mind was all over the place. I had my emotions going over the place. And he said to me, I want you to promise me that when I'm gone, you will take care of your mother. Promise me. Because again, if you break that promise to me, if you break that promise to me, I will never forgive you that he meant it. Because now my mother was gonna be alone and it was just gonna be me and her. I mean, the other two daughters, well, yeah, the other two daughters were married. They had their life. I was with my mother now. Promise me, look me in the eye and promise me you will not do anything to hurt yourself after I'm gone. You have to go on, you have to. You cannot stop life. You cannot stop your life. You gotta go on. That's what he said to me. You have to go on. 
tell me you will tell me. I want to hear you. I want to hear you tell me that you will, that you will take care of your mother when I'm gone. I want to hear you say the words. Yes, I will take care of my mother. I will take care of mom. Promise me. Because if you break that promise at any time, I will not forgive you. But dad, I will not forgive you. Simple. I will not forgive you. Don't break that promise to me. You know what's going to happen if you take yourself out of your own life? What's going to happen to your mother? Do you think... Do you think she's going to want to live without, without me? She will not live, right? But you're going to promise me you're going to take good care of her. So promise me. Don't break that promise. If you break that promise, again, I will not forgive you. Whatever the reason that you think you have to get yourself out of this life, I will not forgive you because I don't want to hear it. You are young. You have your whole life ahead of you. You know, the first time, and I'll tell you this, the first time... I was thinking of killing myself. I was 19. My mother and father were in the room with me, and they said, I don't understand why you want to take your life. You're only 19. You got your whole life ahead. He said, Dad, you don't understand. Why don't you understand what I'm going through? I bet people all around me were being success. They were made into a success. In other words, they did things, and they were successful at it. What did I do? I'm still trying to find myself. I said, but you've got plenty of time. 19 is young. You've got your whole life out of you. Now, this is what haunted me. This is what he said to me. And he haunted me when he said this. Okay? That's why I'm still trying to process the the exact words that he said to me. He said, and I'm going to quote what he said. He said, I love you. I'm always going to love you. I'm always going to be around for you. I want to see you become a success. I want to see you one day get married. I want to see you have a family. I want to see all of that. And I will be seeing that. That was two years before. And then I told you that I had this premonition of him dying. It was the same dream over and over, but I couldn't figure out what it is that he died from. Never thought cancer. That never occurred to me. I thought, oh, he could die from anything else, but, but not cancer. Because cancer... Especially lung cancer. Well, if you don't get it treated right away, or at the time when he died, because he died in the 20th century, there weren't enough new medicine, new, you know, the technology was different back then. So it, it was like if you had cancer, it was a death sentence, basically. Yes, they could give you chemotherapy and all that, but it wasn't enough. See now the difference? When I had cancer in the 21st century, that's when all this new technology and new treatment came out and they were able to save my life. And I still felt guilty for having my life spared. But he didn't have a chance. I felt guilty. The tears were coming out. And they said to me, look, God gave you a second chance because you weren't ready to go. But he didn't give, he didn't give my father a second chance. My father was 63. He had a whole life ahead of him. He still had things he wanted to do. He wanted to travel with my mother. He wanted to do all these things at a certain time in his life. And you know what? He never got that second chance. There were no other options. Nobody said, hey, let's get a second opinion. Do you know how many times I had prayed for that? Let's get a second opinion. Oh, no, but the cancer is far gone. But you don't think that if, if, if you went someplace and you got that second opinion, there would have been an opportunity where they could have saved him? 
that they could have saved him. Yes, the cancer would have been foregone, but there are these places, specialized places that believe, yeah, even if the cancer has foregone, we've got these specialized treatments where we could have prolonged his life. Nobody ever came to me and said that. We never had that quote, a second opinion. It wouldn't have mattered. The cancer was foregone. He was gone because his whole life changed. So when, again, when I, I got into it with this female, because she says, well, that's why you hang around males. Let me understand, let me, let me, let me put this to you, clear. Again, the bond with my father was so strong that cancer crushed that bond. When he said to me two years before, I didn't know he was going to die. How do you know? Did you, and I predicted it? I might have been psychic. I might have been. But I didn't know what he was going to die from. But I kept having that dream. It was a haunting dream. I said, oh my God, this is a dream. Nothing's like that's going to happen. But it did. Now, was there a sign from up above? Maybe God knew. Maybe God knew that this is the time your father will be taken away from you. I said, are you punishing us? He's like, no. 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 Why would you think that? Because you would think to yourself, well, everybody gets cancer, right? Everybody has cancer in their, in their body. It doesn't matter if you're healthy and you take good care of yourself because people do that. They go on this health kick. They think, oh, I'm never going to get sick. I'm healthy. Even the healthiest healthy people get sick. It, it's, look at me. I got it. I had no history of it. And I'm still trying to figure out how I got it. But let's go back to my father. So when he said to me, that's why this whole phrase haunts me. When he said to me that I will always be around for you, never happened. Never happened. That's why I had this really good connection with males. I felt comfortable around them, number one. Number two, when I was going through one of my suicidal times with one of my friends in college, he, first of all, didn't criticize, didn't put me down, didn't judge me, didn't do any of that the way females do. Because females, you think, oh yeah, they're compassionate. No, they're not. From my experience, no. They're jealous, conniving, betrayal, manipulative. They want what you have or what, it's like, grow up already. Stop being childish. Stop wanting what I have. You can get that if you wanted to but you wanna take it from me, why? So the, I, I gravitated toward males, not because of, part of it was because of when my father passed away, I kind of missed the male presence, I kind of missed it. But it wasn't, again, a replacement for my father. It was just I felt comfortable around males. But a lot of the females thought, well, look at her, she's easy, don't, don't ever say that. Is that what you think? Is that what you think, why I wanna hang around males? It's because of that? How shameful is that? Maybe that applies to you. That doesn't apply to me, okay? Until you understand, until the day when you lose a parent, you'll understand what I'm talking about. You'll come back to me and say, you know what? She made a lot of sense many years ago. She had said that to me, and I just attacked her for wanting to spend all this time with males. And again, it wasn't for a replacement for my father. Again, no. It's just, I missed having a male presence. My father uplifted me. At a time in my life when I was going through depression, 
and I went through severe depression. He took me out of that. He made me see that life was beautiful. He took me out. He put me up there. And he said to me, I don't ever want to hear you say to me, you are going to take your life. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Why? Why? I want to know what is making you say that. Why are you saying that? You know, for many years, I never understood why I said what I said. And I think a part of it is because I looked at the people that were around me and, you know, the kids that I went to school with. Again, I didn't really like any of the kids I went. I didn't like anybody in my class. I tolerated them. I didn't like them, you know. And the friends that I had over the years when I was growing up, again, I understood because we have that, even though I'm here and they're over there, I understand the whole international the whole international aspect because when I used to work for companies that dealt with international again we had that good report and I understood yes there's a time I understand that completely and I accommodated their schedule but it wasn't only that here in America and again don't don't attack me because of where I live okay but I feel that here in America, you don't get a chance to really prove yourself. Nobody gives you that chance to prove yourself, who you can become, who you're trying to become. Well, I'm me. This is who I am. I don't have to prove to you who I am. I know what I can and cannot do. I know what my skills are. But no one's giving me a chance over here. I'm getting rejected left and right. So again, I cannot take rejection. And my father said to me, stand up for what you believe in. Show them who you are. Show them. And I said, well, how do I just show them? Tell them. Stand up. Stand up for yourself. Don't let someone knock you out of your pedestal. Don't let somebody knock you out, period. Stand up for what you believe in. You know, my father, again, was very blunt. He didn't take a lot of crap, okay? All right, I'm sorry to say it. For for a short man... He was a little on the short side. He didn't take any crap. And the first time I heard him curse, that kind of blew me out of the water. But you know what? So what? He was making his point. Now people listened. Same thing when he got accused from the second job. The manager accused him of stealing. I said, do you have proof? Do you, did you see him take it? My father never got praise for the things that he did in life. You know what happened? And this is why I brought it up in the podcast from... It was like a week ago, last week, I think, when I put up that poll about who gets more respect, the dead or or the people living. Well, the dead. Why, you ask? Well, think of it this way. If you do good things in life, great things in life, when you were alive and you never had one sense of, because I don't remember him or anybody saying to him, great job, John. You did a really good job. Keep up the good work. No, I don't ever in my lifetime when I was around, never heard anybody say that. And it bothered me. And I'm like, but you're going to wait till after he dies to praise him? So in other words, in other words, I would have to be dead for someone to recognize all the things that I've done. Because in life, it didn't matter. Nobody would say to me, hey, look, let's give you an award. You did a really fantastic job. You're a good humanitarian because this is what I want down the line. A humanitarian, an award, a trophy saying she's a good humanitarian. This is what I want to be recognized for. I don't really care to be, quote, in the spotlight. But I do want to get recognition for the people that I want to help along the way. But if I say it, but if you say to me, but you never got that recognition when you were alive, they're giving it to you now when you're dead. 
That's why I don't understand the mentality in some parts of the world. They celebrate people who have died. Why would you celebrate a person's death? Why don't you celebrate them when they're alive? Why can't we change that mindset? Why? Is it that hard to do? And I ask myself this question because I want to know. You have to be dead in order to be recognized in this world. So in other words, when you were alive, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Think of it. And I said, how many people do you know? And I've gone to get personal experience. I've gone to people's funerals. Do you know what the turnout of funerals is? More people show up at a funeral than they do a birthday celebration or an awards dinner or whatever. And you're gonna say, that's not true. Oh no? Have you ever gone to someone's funeral? How many people have you seen at a funeral? A lot, right? My father was an example. His funeral was a bigger turnout than my mother, for whatever reason. I can't even figure that out, okay? So my mother's funeral wasn't as elaborate and big as my father. But he got praised for the things that he had done in life after he was gone. And it bothered me. So in other words, so that will apply to me if I do these missions and I do great things in life, but I don't get that recognition. I have to wait till I die before anybody notices. Now, ask yourself this question. Is that, is that fair? Do you think that's right? No, I don't. Why do you have to wait until someone dies before you give them a recognition? It's like saying, you know, that's like a slap in the face. So in other words, I didn't matter when I was alive. That's why I don't need to prove myself to anybody. If somebody ever sees me in my lifetime, hey, look at her. We saw her. She really helped a lot of people. But she went out on this platform. It was, and I'm gonna, now I'm going to bump it up now, okay? Back in 2021, we saw this beautiful woman. Uh, I believe her name was Aphrodite. Aphrodite. You can't forget a name like that because that's a beautiful name for a beautiful man. I've heard this from people, you know. And they said, you remember back in the day? We saw her on a LinkedIn Live video that one of her LinkedIn contacts had hosted. And she went out there and she told her story about how she survived cancer, how she was going to make a difference and help a lot of other people, but not just for cancer, for everything. And then at the end, as a finale, she showed off her battle scar, her battle scar from cancer. She wasn't ashamed. She did it proudly. I said, why? There is no shame. I've lived with this for how many years? I've had this around me ever since, ever since I was in my 30s. I've had this battle scar. Why should I hide from the world? See, for me, to go out there on a physical platform to show it off to all the people is important to me. I want them to know. It's like a, a wake-up call. In other words, now, specifically for breast cancer, but other cancers as well, you have to say to yourself, whatever type of scar that, you have, that was left, that you have from cancer, don't hide from it. Be proud, show off that scar. That is your medal for, for fighting the war, the demon called cancer. Think of yourself as a warrior or a soldier. You're in, the, in a battle, again, you're trying to save your life because your life is precious at this moment. And you say to yourself, yeah, this is my battle scar. Whatever type of cancer you had, again, breast, lung, colon, prostate, skin, liver, whatever cancer that may have been, 
whatever cancer that may have been, show off that battle scar. Display it for the whole world to see. Now, I had also gone on Instagram and I took a picture. Now, some people commented, but I'm sure a lot of people say, why did you do that? Why not? Why should I hide this? I'm not... I'm not afraid. I'm not shameful. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm trying to prove a point. Because again, again, whatever type of scar, whatever that you had at one point in your body, wherever the cancer may have gone to, and you have that, that's your battle scar. For me, this is my battle scar. If I would have gotten rid of this battle scar and then I'd gone and done that video, people would be like, wait a minute. So you're teaching us or you're inspiring us about cancer, but how did we know you had cancer? Where's the proof? So I kept it. That was the only thing I did. I kept my battle scar. Am I ashamed? No. But back in the day when I was living with someone, the horrible thing that I've heard from someone say, and men will do this to women. That's why women for breast cancer, because men can get cancer too. You don't have to have a breast to have cancer. Cancer in the nipple, very small percentage of men though. But with women, if you have a husband or a boyfriend, the worst thing that you could say to a woman after she's gone through this is, and when she's ready to show, you know, because sometimes intimacy, when you want to get intimate with someone, you're kind of, at the time, it's a shame to show this. Because I don't know how people would, I don't know how men were gonna react. Worst thing that you could say to a woman is this, and this is what my ex said to me, which I'm like, oh my God, how how insensitive are you? He said to me, you're half a woman. And I'm like, what? Well, he goes, you don't have another, you don't have a breast. So like, let me see if I understand you. So you're saying that women who've gone through cancer They've had a tumor in their breast. I had a tumor, a nine centimeter tumor in my breast, okay? You have some kind of a tumor growing in your breast. So they had the mastectomy, they had taken their breast off. And you're telling me that women are defined by breasts? That's what makes a woman a breast? How shameful is that? So you're gonna say that to the woman that you love. You're gonna make her feel like, oh my God, I am not beautiful. She's gonna look in the mirror and all the words that you're telling her, all these thoughts and emotions are like, well, you know, my husband said I'm this. No! Body parts do not make a human being. Human beings make human beings. You are 100%, and I'm going to keep saying this for all of the people out there, if you're listening to me and you're going through this, or you've gone through the surgery where a body part has been taken from you, you are 100% of a human being with or without a body part. A body part does not define a human. I've seen in my lifetime and have been around people that have had no arms, no legs, no hands, or half of their body is gone. You're a complete human being. You're a beautiful human being. Take it from me. They're like, but you're not seeing what I'm seeing. I may not see it in the same way that you. Your idea of a human being is a body part. Yes, when we're created in this world, we all have our body parts, but think about this. There are a lot of people that are born with no legs, no hands, no arms, nothing. They're still complete. They're still complete. What makes you think that they're nuts? And for him to say that to me, no. I'm 100% of a woman 
without a breast. Breasts don't make women. Breasts don't make women. And the day that you say that to a woman, you're knocking her self-esteem down. And that's why a lot of the women that I know, after they had their breast cancer, whatever they had, if they had it in the one breast or the two, and they got the mastectomies, they went out and got implants because they didn't want to see, they didn't want to keep that battle scar. Now, for me, it was just in my left breast. And I had said to him sarcastically, so you'd rather have me walk around with a diseased breast and a tumor that could have possibly gone to all parts of my body. That's what you're saying. And he's like, he didn't say anything. Then he walked out of the room. I said, you know what? I put you in your place right now. How dare you? And all this time, I was trying to think to myself, why have somebody who cares about me and will love me no matter whether or not I have a breast or not? For the longest time, no, and I will be honest with you, with everybody out there, even you, if women are listening to this, and I'm hoping that they will, again, just because you lost a breast does not make you a half of a woman. Again, you are a complete human being with or without a body part. Complete. This is how I see it. In society, when we start judging people by what they have versus what they don't have, it's terrible. Think about this. Again, not everybody has, quote, all of their body parts, but that doesn't mean that they're half of a human being. Why would you even say that? That's very cruel and, and thoughtless on your part. Now, I've seen how people are picked on in this day and age people that are in wheelchairs that can't walk or people that don't have a specific body part they're still a complete human being stop judging stop labeling stop shaming stop naming you know what happens when you do that to someone you knock them off you get their self-esteem so low that they say well you know what am i doing here in this world they're going to go to that thought that dark place and say well i'm not a complete human being so i might as well just throw in the towel no no don't listen to all the negativity that's around you. Hold your head up high. Be positive. Be proud of who you are. Be proud of what you have. You know, I'm tired of that. And I said to myself, now, see, I got way off track when I was telling you about this. But again, last year was the hardest year for me in terms of a birthday. Because again, I wanted to take myself out of, my, out of this world. And my friend saved me. He goes, no, you're a beautiful woman. A beautiful young woman like yourself has a lot to offer this world and beyond. You can make a difference. You can inspire people. One day, again, somebody will recognize you and say, hey, look, this is the woman I was telling you about. Let's get her on a platform. Let's get her physically live, live so we can see and hear and see what she's going to tell us. And Hey, maybe she'll show her battle scar. I will be honest with you. I will show my battle scar over and over again to prove a point. There is no shame in that. Now, again, if I down the line do a documentary of my life story, there will not be one dry eye. People will cry. But again, in between the chapters in my life, there were happy endings. It was not all sadness and gloominess and depression but then when I, you know, I hear from people when they say to me, or especially females, well, that's why you hang around males. No, I hang around males because they understand me. They don't put me down. They don't criticize. They don't judge, unlike females. Females do that to other females for whatever reason. Stop doing it. I never can get along with them. And again, and this is just my opinion. You don't have to agree with me, but I've done it through personal experience. I've actually done an experiment. 
females will attack other females. Females will be, oh, you know, if you something good happens in your life, or you have someone in your life, I want what you have. So they'll try their very best to push you out of the way, but you can't do that. You gotta stand my ground. You can't do that. You shouldn't be jealous of what I have. You shouldn't be. If you wanted to, you can go make yourself happy. You can do that. But why do you want what I have? Why do you want to take what I have? Why? All right? So, again, my rapport with males is better because, again, the time that I was going through depression, my friend in college, he understood me better than any female. He understood what I was going through. I talked him out of killing, because he was going to kill himself over the stupidest reasons. He said to me, well, I lost my job. Okay, everybody loses their job. You go back out and look for another job. You go out there with a positive attitude. Oh, well, I, I, my, my, my girlfriend who I thought we were going to be in love because we had plans to get married, and I didn't even know that, she cheated on me with my best friend. You could find somebody else. You know, once a cheater, always a cheater. You know how many times I've been cheated on? That I've given the benefit of the doubt one time, so I'm not going to do that again. If you cannot stay faithful to me, leave. Leave. See, right now, the only thing I don't understand in this world, because when I look back to what I could have done, what I could have done to myself, if I took myself out of this world, all the promises that I said I was going to do, like, in other words, help people, become a part of an organization, which I actually have been talking about with my other LinkedIn contact, he wants to bring me on board. How I'm going to do it, I don't know. That's the problem. You know, everything comes down with a price tag. You know, everything is so expensive. Sometimes I wish that this world didn't focus so strongly on money. Yes, we do need money to survive. But there are more important things than money in life. People. People. Helping people. uh, Making sure their quality of life is, is brighter. It's filled with happiness and sunshine. Life. Not death. When you go to other parts of the world that are very dismal and gloomy and people are dying, that breaks my heart, especially when there's children involved. I don't like to see children with nothing. You know, back in the day, I see these specials, these concerts that they held for the Ethiopia. The children over there were dying from illness. All you could see were their bones. There was no food. They needed life, life-saving critical medications because they were very sick. They had. I mean, can you imagine that? And you think to yourself, I'm here eating a four-course meal, and I feel guilty just for putting food in my mouth. What can I do? So I said to myself, instead of doing what everyone else does, you know, donations and concerts on these stupid GoFundMe pages, I'd rather physically be down there, be a part and blend with everybody in the world, and then just try to, like, come up with solutions and and, 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 uh, creative ideas on how to do this. Because giving back is a real human trait. In other words, that's a true definition of a human being in my book. There are a lot of people that would not agree. A lot of people think, well, yeah, I I can do that from here. But in all honesty, your real reward is when you're physically down there seeing the smiles on children's faces and just seeing people's smiles in general. You know, cancer is near to dear to me. That's why I want to help out as much as I can. I don't think that by me doing it from up here, it's really going to make a difference. I think the true reward is physically going down there and being there and doing it from there. Not from here. That's that's the difference. That's why I say, when someone said to me, you don't have any friends here? No. I'm alone. Like, my weekends, I spend my time trying to figure out what to do. 
I stay focused and positive. I try not to let the sadness and the depression, but sometimes I will admit to you, I do cry and it's okay to show emotion. Any type of emotion you show is a sign of strength, it's not weakness. Struggle, failure, signs of strength, not weakness. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. But again, I'm just gonna reiterate because I've gone over my time here. Don't do like what I was planning on doing last year, my last birthday, and think, well, life is so bad, I'm gonna take myself out of this world. No, for every solution, for every problem, there's a solution. For every crisis and obstacle, you have to be strong, you have to be positive. You can't tell me, oh, well, I have to do this or I have to do that, no. Stand strong, stand tall, stand proud. If you find that there's something going on, there's something wrong, just do it. That's why I said it's very, 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 very important. Very important. So anyway, I'm gonna say, stay positive, stay strong, don't take yourself out of this world because of everything that's going on. No, that's not the answer. Did you know that if suicide, if you if you decide you're going to kill yourself, suicide is not a solution. Permanent. In other words, you're taking yourself permanently out of your life. But that's sad. You know, think of all the things that you could do in your lifetime. Think about that. Because once you make a decision like that, you can't go back and undo it. It will be done. You'll be gone forever. And then what? That's not the answer. Life is beautiful, life is precious. There's so much you can give to this world, so much you can give of yourself to others. That's the true reward. Not, I'm gonna take myself out of my life because nobody cares about me. Everything will happen in its time. You just have to be patient and you have to be strong. That's the key word. So I'm gonna let you guys go. God bless all of you. Stay, so, stay, stay strong, be positive, take care.